on this episode of In The Rack Podcast. And I always remember one of the things my dad always said was like, if you take care of this community, this community will never let you fail, right? Like these community members will never let you go out of business. They'll always support you as long as you stay true to who you are and you give back to the community and stay engaged with the community. So. Welcome to In The Rack Podcast where we provide you with a practical framework for breaking PRs in all facets of health and wellness. We are just a couple of bros giving you the simple house in a world of complex wants. No filters, no scripts, no rules, just straight talk. Talk to them. Now, let's get into the rack with your hosts, Dr. Chad and Dr. Nick. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of In The Rack Podcast. I'm your host, Chad, and with me is my co-host and fellow physical therapist, Nick. Nick and I are super excited about this episode. Actually, we have another guest speaker on the show, and um, this guy I've known for years. I've actually known this guy for like, I don't know, 15 to 20 years, probably now even. Uh, His name is Dr. Jeff Newman, and uh, he owns Newman Chiropractic, which is actually right next door. Um, And he went to Palmer, uh, Palmer. College of Chiropractic School, and I believe you graduated. You graduated in two thousand nine. Uh, nine, yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah, I thought so because we uh, we went to Salve Regina actually the same year. Uh, we both graduated in two thousand six, and that's where I met Jeff for the first time. And um, we were in like the same anatomy and physiology classes. I think I actually had to retake one, and I think we were in the same class. <laughs> you had to retake one of those. <laughs> yep, yep. I um I was stuck in the first anatomy and physiology class. It was the worst teacher ever, and I was stuck with a a bunch of nurses, nursing students. I know. And um, it was, I had the worst teacher ever. And the only way I, I think I got a C in the class and the only way I could get a better grade is I had to take another uh, physiology class. And the only one available was, an, it was animal anatomy and physiology. You remember that? We took, did we yes. took that one together? Yeah. That and one was actually good. It was actually like a good that. class. It actually has a lot of like foundational yep. ideas of yep. what I use now. Yep. That was a, that, it was the a good teacher one. was awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. Classic and, uh, blaming on the teacher. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's always the teacher's fault. Yeah, exactly. So I remember like Jeff and I would be at the library until like 11 o'clock at night studying for an, an-, an- animal anatomy and physiology. Nice. And it, was, uh, it was wild. It's it was awesome. Like, it was a good time. Looking at the way that a, like a cat's hip moves yeah. and knowing that like <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a mammal and that it's all the same bones, it's yeah. just different length yeah, it bones. Wild. It's like. Oh, it all of a sudden stuff started clicking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So that's where Jeff and I first met. And uh, once we graduated, I went off to PT school and and, uh, Jeff went off to chiropractic school. So um, we kind of met back later on in life. And uh, when I moved back up here from Rhode Island, I reached out to Jeff because he was crushing it in the air. And I was like, dude, I got to find if PT is actually going to work over here. So I reached out to him and he goes, yeah, man, actually, uh, it's not only you're not only going to crush it, but I've actually got a space in the back of my building. And I was like, let me check it out. So one thing led to another and, you know, we moved back behind Jeff and we were just, you know, two peas in a pod for, for years, you know, and, you know, we both started outgrowing the space and, you know, Jeff was doing like x-rays and all kinds of stuff in there. And, you know, we were kind of really just hogging up the back and we, we'd knocked as many walls down as we could. We didn't, we couldn't go anywhere else. Took over bathrooms. We were taking over yeah, bathrooms and everything. Out. Yeah. So, uh, it came time. So then we, uh, we ended up moving out, but Jeff is still over there and he's still crushing it. And, uh, we we're like, dude, you gotta come on the podcast, man. So, um, we want to hear from Jeff about, you know, Jeff can talk about many things, but, uh, you know, we want to know about the the field of chiropractic, like where it's been, where it's going, where it is now. And we want to talk about like health in general, because we love talking about that stuff. But, um, yeah, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I grew up in this area, right? I, I grew up in Salisbury. I live 
in a house I built next to the house I grew up in. My yeah. practice is actually in Tom's Discount Plaza, right? So, right. Uh, and that's a business that my parents built and owned, and it, it was just easy getting in there, right? My kids go to school around here, and sure. it was, I mean, the perfect place to come back to. Um, so I, I went to Triton, and this community has just done so much for me and my family. Me and my father, I, I tell everyone that's younger. I mean, I was over at Amesbury High doing a talk for um, the, the kids coming out of school, jobs and stuff. And I always remember one of the things my dad always said was like, if you take care of this community, this community will never let you fail, mm, right? Like these that. community members will never let you go out of business. They'll always support you as long as you stay true to who you are and you give back to the community and stay engaged with the community. So it just was a no brainer to come back. I love that. That's, nice. that's, yeah. that's, that's powerful. That is. And it I know really his is. dad, his dad's awesome actually. And, uh, the building that we're sitting in right now, his dad actually owns. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it actually all works. It's all symbiotic. It works out really, really well. So, um, <laughs> so let's, let's go back to the glory days of Salve Regina. I want to kind of like, you know, talk about the good days, not the bad days, but, um, let's talk about what made you decide that you're like, man, I want to go into chiropractic. Cause I know we were in a lot of classes together and there's like, you know, we could have done a lot of stuff out yeah. there. So, so chiropractic really, I mean, at least, I don't know with you, but I started as a, like, I thought I wanted to be a nurse, right? I knew growing up that science, I was getting good grades in it. And I remember my buddies I played sports with, like I was, I played football and basketball in high school. I was like the jock kid. And these kids are like, how are you getting these grades in science, man? I'm like, I don't don't freaking know. (laughs) And I'm like, well, if people are having a hard time with science and it comes easy to me, I guess I'll just keep going through it. So yeah. The only real option I knew, I didn't know much about it, was nursing. So I was like, you know what? I'll go to Salve. Salve had a good nursing program. Went there. Um, I love nurses. I really appreciate everything that they do. But Mm. I didn't see myself being directed around telling people telling me what to do. I mean, like I said before, my parents own a business. I'm used to my dad being and my parents being able to sit there and say, you know what? you guys take care of the store or we're going to close the store like down South style where they just close all the businesses yeah, in right. town and go watch their kid play football. I knew I wanted to be a dad, family guy. So nursing, I knew I'd work tough hours. Right. Sure. And if I wanted to have my own flexibility, I mean, PTs, I mean, you guys have moved away from it, but to, to me, I always thought of PTs as someone that took orders from right. uh, ordering physician. Which sucks. Yeah. Right? Which you they still through? do. Which they yeah. definitely still yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. But you guys have done a great job at moving <laughs> yeah. away from that and letting Thank people you. know that you guys are more than capable of diagnosing, treating, sure. and continuing any sort of care and guidance that any sort of patient has. So right. my understanding of PT going into uh, college, I didn't know that. Right. And right. I knew a chiropractor and the chiropractor owned his own, owned, owned his own business, made his own hours. Um treated who he wanted to, told people what he wanted to, did his own continuing education, even wanted to pivot and start treating patients a particular way and uh, recommending different types of stuff that is newer, cutting edge type of health information, he had the freedom to do it. So as it started getting later in Salve, I think like senior year, I was still debating whether or not to be a PT or chiropractor. Mm. And then I went to Palmer College of Chiropractic. Yeah. It may have been cheaper too. It, might have, that, it probably, probably was. Probably. <laughs> probably was. That, that, that uh, may have had something to do with it too. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. 
but but I I would I mean there's one thing that I can say about PT school that I wish we had more of that I know that the chiropractic school does really really well is business and we don't get any of that in PT school yeah. and I don't know if that's just uh when everybody comes most chiropractors that come out is is pretty universal that most people like start their own business I would think for the most part right a, a lot of chiropractors there uh, there's and it's probably with you too. There's a lot of horror stories of like sure. these older chiropractors that are just hosing their associates, mm-hmm. like coming in, doing the billing for them and like over billing them, putting them at risk for malpractice cases. Um, and as a chiropractor, the overhead's real low, right? Like my, sure. like we're here right now and you've got all this equipment. I remember oh, yeah. you coming in and you just bringing in more and more shit. I'm like, what the <laughs> I'm like, I'm just sitting there with my hands. Where are you going to put this all, bro? Yeah. I'm like, I'm just sitting there with my hands. All I need is my hands and all. Like, right. I could practice That's with right. a $600 fold-up table. Yep. And I could make a good living doing that. Totally. Right? So a lot of chiropractors see that as a good option for them. I will say they, they don't, they, that is a thought of a lot of chiropractors coming out to start their own practice. But um, the business education that we get isn't that isn't that significant a lot of what i know about business is trial and error sure and watching my i have my parents obviously since they own their own business to fall back on like most business decisions i'll call them up and see if it's something relatable to something that i am going through and then that's really how i make my changes yeah yeah i mean and and i know that you know going through your journey you've you've had probably a few mentors along the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you were talking about the chiropractor that you knew, like when you were kind of trying to figure out what you want to do with your yeah. life now, are there any significant mentors that like helped you and how did they help you along your, your journey to figure out what you wanted to do? Yeah. So the real only chiropractor I grew up seeing on a regular basis with Dr. Paul Fowler, who's mm-hmm. actually right down the street from me. Yeah. Right. And he is a great mentor of mine sure. and I still see him on a weekly basis. We treat each other. Yeah. I remember mean, that. I, I get, I've been treated by him since I was in high school. And he's someone that has always been a great sounding board for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Our practice style has um, changed a bit in terms of what he does for treatment and what I do for treatment. But as far as the chiropractic profession and the underlying philosophy and um, the underlying philosophy of what chiropractic can offer patients has always been there. And he's, his father was one of the first chiropractors in Massachusetts. So that strong chiropractic philosophy is something that's really ingrained in him. Yeah. So he falls back on that whenever times are tough or whenever stuff is changing. He falls back on that like strong conviction that he has of like, hey, I've been doing this for this long. I've seen some crazy stuff. And some people might not agree mm-hmm. with what chiropractors do, but there's no denying what I see in my office every oh, single yeah. day of what I've been able to help with. So he's just really confident in what he does and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. And, uh, I, I remember I would see that all the time and, uh, he would come in, yeah. he would treat him, he would treat you. I mean, growing up like that, I mean, he was your like, kind of like idol growing up in terms of yeah. like the chiropractic field. And then now all of a sudden, like you guys are working on each other. That's pretty cool. I know. That's yeah. really cool. No, and, um, I know we see Paul every now and then too. He's yeah. just, he's just motivational for everybody. He yeah. wants everybody to succeed and be, and be just like, you know, successful. And, yeah. and, um, he's just happy for everybody. And, and I love that. That's I so know. cool. It doesn't he matter. Came in, he came in, helped me set up my office, told me where I needed to put stuff. Yep. Um, great sounding board in terms of like patient care and patient free patient care frequency, prices, yep. anything. I mean, just a great, 
example of, you know, somebody that's also in the community. You guys are both chiropractors, but he's like, you guys are literally not even a mile away from each other. And he's like, let me help you. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. pretty awesome. No, nope. I mean, think about it. Yeah. It, it, you don't find that much. And he's someone in the chiropractic chiropractic profession, since we, most of us practice alone, sure. can have a lot of, um, you, you can develop a lot of insecurities about like if patients go to a different chiropractor oh, totally. it's like, okay, what am I, I mean, you get into this business and you guys are the same way of like, you really care about these patients. And uh, I think anyways, that a reason that I get into it is because I'm a little bit needy to that point that I like to know that people are doing better under my care. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and that's something that fulfills me and satisfies me. So if people are leaving me, then that's an indicator that I'm not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I'm not, I might not be providing the care that I'm supposed to be giving, right? right? Which can become, which can become difficult. And he's someone that is like, none of that has ever I know. come up yeah. in conversation. Never. Never. I Never. Know. Well, there's, there, and, and there's multiple, you know, there's multiple ways to do things, right? Like yeah. you mentioned you, your, your treatment styles between you and Dr. Fowler have, have parted ways somewhat, but it depends on the person, like what yeah. works well for them. Same thing with physical therapy. We've had patients plenty of times that were like, Hey, this might not be for you. Why don't you go down to this place down the road, you know, gain, gain some more, you know, foundational strength, things like that. And mm -hmm. then come back to us yep. because you're not ready for what we offer at this moment, you know, and that's, you know, that's better than trying to force an issue. Yeah. You know, you just create more problems that way. Yeah. And it, it, it's super common. And one of the, the number one thing that impacts the ability to do that is when you own your own business, the financial aspect mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like making sure all the bills are being paid, making sure everyone's getting the salary they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And if that stuff starts changing and you've got an eye on it, all of a sudden you're like, oof, like that person probably shouldn't go away right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, like what, what am I doing wrong? It's true that means that I'm not yeah. doing my job, you know? And that's, that's really the toughest, that's the toughest part that I experience now yep. um, that I'm working through. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're always working through transitions. I mean, I know when I came to you and I was like talking about what I wanted to do and I would, I mean, you were definitely a mentor for me when we started our business. Oh, you know thanks, I mean? So like, no, totally. Because I didn't know the first thing about business. I didn't, we don't get any of that stuff in PT school. I had no idea. I wasn't part of any like cool masterminds or anything like that at that point in time. I mean, we did that a couple of times. And that was crazy. It was crazy. That was it. That was a chiropractic cult. Dude, that was wild. That was wild. That was my first introduction to that. And I was like, Jeff, this is wild. <laughs> Maureen looks back at that. I'm like, Maureen, you just started dating me around that time. Well, what made you stay with me? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It was all new to me. I thought that she's like, I was just supporting you. I'm like, that was freaking crazy. I'm like, that's the type of shit that chiro like that's what gives chiropractors such a bad name. Oh, it's wild, man. We flew out to Dallas one time, and it was like it was exactly what Jeff just said. It was just insane. It was almost unbelievable. It was. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> Nobody would believe you if you told them the stories no. that were going on. But no. Um, no, but it's good that like you know you kind of found what works for you, and yeah. and you found that path. But no, it's it's it was definitely a huge help to be there with you. And I don't think that we would have grown to where we are today if if you hadn't been there Ugh. for me in the beginning, honestly. Because not only were you kind of like guiding me in terms of like what to do with insurance at the time and all that, but like just the referral network that we have with each other was just a great start for for uh, for me and and I I will never forget that. So well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it really meant a lot. So I mean, if anything, what our relationship too has pivoted me into a place in my life that I never happiest I've ever been and never yeah. and never thought I'd be able to do. Yeah. Right. Um. 
just learning what I have, have learned and the new values that I have and totally. the changes that I've made. It's, it's been awesome. So yep. you can't uh, sit here and tell me how great I am without <laughs> me telling you how great you are. Okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, but just another example of like, you know, how everybody in the community is there to help themselves. You know what I mean? Like we want to help each other. Yep. We want everybody to, you know, it's like the circle that we create and like everybody in the circle needs to just, you know, help each other help right each other. so yeah, for sure yeah. so for sure it all works really really well together when it's when it's done correctly yep so um no so grateful for that for sure but um no we, we talked about the chiropractic profession a little bit and um i kind of want to dive into that a little bit more with you and get your take on that but like you know when you first came out and that was like 10 12 12 years or so ago now yeah. now what have you noticed any changes in the profession back then to where it is now and where do you see it kind of going in the future chiropractic profession is interesting right i mean it, it is, it, it's not that old. I mean, it, the first chiropractic adjustment was supposedly in like 1890s. Oh, wow. Which, not old at all. Yeah, not and at all. And those guys, some chiropractic, most people nowadays would consider those people quacks or right. like they just adjust yeah. and they think that crazy stuff happens. And <laughs> right. um, that's all you need in order to be healthy. And there are chiropractors that see a lot of great success with patients treating that way, but that's just like the foundation of, um, the chiropractic profession. And if that's 18, 1890-something, I mean, when does when something comes out, how long does it take for it to become ubiquitous? Mm. Right? It takes a while. Yeah, yeah, right? Sure. So you're pr probably talking about like early 1900s. And back in the early 1900s, they were giving people the first hypodermic needle to inject heroin with because it was less addicting than snorting it. Yeah. Right? So it just gives you a perspective as to where the healthcare profession was. So mm. I, I really feel like healthcare in general started going very medical, right? Or I mean, yeah. started going better, uh, more pharmacology, right? You started using medications yeah. more. And I'm someone, even though I'm a chiropractor, I always feel that every medication was made with good intentions in mind, Sure, right? Everything was made with good intentions in mind to fix a problem that was really needed to be fixed. It's the overprescription of them or the overutilization of them that really becomes a problem. I mean, you even look at NSAIDs now, it's like they say they cause stomach issues and stuff. Well, they only cause stomach issues when people take them every day, like candy to help yeah, with chronic pain, right? So, I mean, NSAIDs were made with good intention in mind, yep. not to be overused. Though. So the chiropractic profession was really the opposite of that trajectory going more mm. medical or pharmacological. Pharmacological. Sure. Yeah. Pharmacological, yeah. political, yeah. Drugs. I got you. Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. Drugs. That's way so, easier. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, chiropractors have always stuck with that <clears throat> non-drug mindset. And one of the great things I love about the chiropractic profession is that we are never, our diagnostic mind is never clouded by utilizing medication in order to fix the problem. Right. So there are times that I've been home. I know you guys do the same thing. You get a difficult case and you're sitting there critical thinking about what the hell is going on with it? Why isn't this patient getting better? Yep. What do I need? The thought of medication is never in my mind, which means that I have to think really creatively about what could be happening. There's never something in my mind that doesn't stop me from thinking deeper, more foundational, and then trying to help the patient help themselves. Sure. All right. So that's really the origination of the chiropractic profession. And I mean, a lot of chiropractors, like we said at the beginning, they start on their own. So we really give this, I mean, if you start on your own, that means that there's a lot of chiropractors that open up on their own and do their own thing, mm -hmm. which means that there's going to be a lot of different 
experiences of chiropractic that people have in their life, right? For so sure. there's 10 chiropractors in like a five mile radius from right. here. Right. And every single office you walk into, you're going to experience a different, you're going to have a different experience, right? They'll all be able to help you to some degree, but you've got to find, like we said before, being honest with who you are, finding out what you value in life, finding out your education, your, your patient education strategy has to be the key to find your people, right? Yep. Make sure that you refer out to the other types of providers that would be best fit to help them. And that goes as deep as like, hey, maybe this patient is going through something personally that another chiropractor has actually gone through too. And that psychological at ease that they have when they are being treated by someone that has experienced the same thing as them. I mean, that's a that's something that needs to be taken into consideration too. Totally. I mean, there's definitely a mental component to everything we do. Um, <clears throat> you know, everything. I mean, if if you can't somehow either relate to or be able to address that mental component, like it, I feel it's sometimes hard to get some of those patients. Better, oh yeah. You know, there I have mean, been people have get conversations with people, people yeah. without even putting your hands on them and make yep. them feel better. There have know? been patients that I've I've seen and I got them in the room. I've been treating them three times. I haven't gotten any better. I'm like. You're supposed to be getting better by now. I'm like 99% of the other humans that I see with the same thing going on, they're they're better by now. So I I stand there and I'm like, what's the deal? Yeah. What you got going on? And they'll start bawling. Yep. And then the next day they come in or the next visit and they're all better. Yeah. Like and that's <laughs> like that's the type of stuff that feels great as a provider to be able to do and help. But yet, gives chiropractors a bad rap in terms totally. of the uh, bigger picture of the whole healthcare model of where chiropractors really fit. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that you've always been really good with in, in being direct with patients, like saying, "Hey, listen, what's up, man?" I remember seeing your faces sometimes, and <laughs> I'd yeah. say something like, "Damn," because we would have we would have a lot of of um of patients that would be you know they would kind of go in between the both of us, right? Yeah. And you'd be like, "Oh, well, Jeff told me this the other day." I was like, "Well, he's right," but I would have never <laughs> said that. <laughs> but since he said that, let's talk about it. <laughs> that's one of the biggest limitations of the whole healthcare system. In, in our current world, though, right? Like, people don't feel like they're heard. So yep. when they can come to us, you know, and actually get that stuff off their chest, it's it's huge. It's it's a lot of times a turning point for yep. their, their mm -hmm. condition. Um, one thing I think it's, you were talking about the history of chiropractic, and it changed kind of like that, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, when we started to see the prescription of medications. Yep. I think it's important for people to understand that there was something at that time in the early 1900s called the Flexner Report, which was actually funded in part by John D. Rockefeller. And prior to that, John D. Rockefeller was like the richest man or something in the world because of oil, but the US government was putting regulations on oil because they didn't want monopolies to occur. Yep. So he needed a way to still make yep. a ton of money. So he needed to pivot. And exactly, so he pivoted to pharmaceuticals. Yep funded this Flexner report, which basically changed the landscape of medical institutions to be more of the pharmacologically oriented as opposed to what they were prior to that being more health oriented, right? So I always think it's important for people to understand that history that, yes, when you go see your doctor, they're very smart. They have this, you know, they, they have the degree, they have a ton of training. They do understand the human body, but understand that they are trained most of the time based around pharmaceuticals. So yeah. when you go there, you're getting a biased approach to mm -hmm. your condition. Not that you shouldn't go see them, but you should, you know, take that as a piece of the puzzle and then maybe 
you know, spread, spread the wealth a little bit and go see some other professionals that might be a little bit more holistic. So you can have kind of the pharmaceutical along with the lifestyle health yep. approach. You know, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, when people come in with true disc herniation sciatica, that isn't really, I mean, they, they need some help in terms of getting that inflammatory response to settle down. Mm. I mean, steroid packs have Absolutely. been amazing. Yep. I mean, and there's no denying how six, how much they help some patients, right? Sure. I mean, for the period of time. Sure. That, um, but I mean, there, there's no denying that. But like you said, there's there's that balance that needs to be that needs to be made, right? And that's why it's so important to have a network totally. of physicians. Yep. Right? It can all work in conjunction. I don't know if you, Chad, had this as a as a question, but I think there's this. I, I feel like it's less you know, nowadays, but when I was coming out of school, there was kind of this like friction between chiropractic and physical therapy. Mm -hmm. So when I first, you know, started at Proform and we, I thought it was the coolest thing that we were under the same roof because in my mind, I was like, this can work really, really well because now it's just one, you have more ears to listen to the patients if we're seeing the same person yep. and you get hands on more. Yeah. You we know? would see, we would yeah, be in the same constantly. room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Talk to patients. yeah there exactly. would be times where Jeff would pull me in yeah. with a patient that he had and vice versa, you know, just yeah. to get a second pair of eyes or, you know, I'd be like, Hey man, this, <laughs> there was one time, remember that, remember that kid that we had that one time that had that, um, ankle issue. I was like, man, I think this is fractured. Yeah. And, um, yeah, luckily we had Dr. Jeff and he's like, he had the x-ray machine. He was like, yeah. I don't know, we can see this right now. You know, yeah. we'll have to waste time to go to a, you know, an emergency room. We can do it in five minutes. So, and uh, I don't remember, what was the result of that? Do you remember if it was fractured or not? That's I can't remember. No. Might have been a stress fracture or something. Kid's fine now. I think, he was fine. <laughs> I think it was, I, I think it was definitely, it was like, I mean, other, other orth orthopedic tests, it seemed like it was fractured, but I think that it was such yeah. a small degree fracture. Yeah. I don't know if it showed up on the x-ray. Yeah, I can't remember now. Kids, I remember we did that. that was probably the last time I, no I used ultrasound. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, stop being soft, kid. You're fine. It's not fractured. <laughs> but there's been a lot of times where it's it's been very very useful to get a second pair of eyes, and you know they need to listen to somebody else too. You know, and the more people that can be in front of them, the easier it can be. You so, know? so Nick, where, when you were in school, where did the friction between PT and chiropractic really um, stem from? Like, what is what is that? What does that come from? You know. I, I don't know. I think it was, there, there was definitely a little bit from, you know, professors and I don't think they meant anything, but, um, you know, you, in PT school, you do, you do learn how to do, you know, manipulations on, on the low back, the mid back, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the teachers would be like, yeah, this is the same thing a chiropractor does, mm -hmm. but realistically it's, it's not like if you go see Dr. Jeff's going to be, it could be very different from, you know, what I might do on your back and vice versa. Um, so I think some of it came from that, came from, you know, the professors and maybe they just didn't know, or maybe they had a bad experience themselves. But I think, uh, you know, some of the other stuff, um, came from just like the typical amount of time that you would see. So mm. I spend, you know, I'm supposed to you spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes yep. versus like, oh yeah, the chiropractors, they do like 10, 15. Mm -hmm. So there's this friction. It's like, you're I don't know. It's almost like a time thing. Like, yeah, it's going to take you way longer with a chiropractor because you're only going to see them. Yeah, I'll mm -hmm. see you the same amount of time. It's going to take you five or six visits. It, so I don't know. It, it just, it seemed like it was like all kind of like this fake drop, fake drop. I think it's like anything else too. Like there's bad professionals in every oh, for profession. Sure. For sure. There's terrible PTs out there. And I know Jeff probably knows some chiropractors out there that aren't great either. And um, I, I honestly don't know where the friction came from either, to be quite honest, because I was excited to open up with Jeff. And I think, I think honestly, if you ask me, I think it's the PT's fault. And I, and I only say that 
And I only say that. I say that because PTs are so selfish. They're so fucking selfish. And not PTs won't help each other. They won't. They won't do it. Nope. Like everything they don't refer is, to each other? Nope. There's, I mean, in some circumstances they do. But like as a general rule of thumb, I think they're so selfish and they're so competitive with each other that, you know, they just take it so much harder than chiropractors. And I, I don't know, like... They just hold this guilt thing. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But that's my experience. All right, it. Jeff. Our chiropractor selfish. Yeah. So well, I guess yeah, maybe both we're selfish. both guilty. No, I mean, I, I, I think I think it goes I think it goes back to that in, the insecurity aspect. Yeah. Totally, like, thousand percent insecurity. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to an insecurity aspect. I know that when we were in the same place and we were, I knew you were leaving and stuff like that. And I, like we've talked about it before. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sitting there spending five minutes with someone, and before you had got there. I'm like, this is so powerful. This yeah. is awesome. Like I'm getting the people are paying me for this and what I do, this adjustment is so powerful and helping this patient. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're there and you're spending that amount of time. Yep. It actually got me looking at what I was doing, thinking, do I need to do more? Right, yeah. right, right. Right? Like uh, what, what were you were just saying there. Like, do I have to add more? Do I have to do more? Because yeah. people are I, I mean, Emily and I had even talked about it of like your patients sitting in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And seeing people filter out, right? And then, even when we would co-treat patients, sure. right? They'd be back there, and I'd have patients come in to me, like, "Oh no, I get more for I get more for my dollar seeing you." And I'm like, "All right, well, that's a problem with my patient education." Oh yeah, sure. right. That that's a problem with me um, really showing patients the value of what a thousand I do, percent, right? That's and, what it is. Um, yeah, I mean it. It all stems from. Yeah, it all stems from insecurity. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that both of the professions are kind of moving closer and closer towards each other in a good way. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the stuff that we're both doing is very similar, but it's it's similar because they're effective in, in helping our patients. You know what I mean? And I think that that's a good thing, you know, but I think I think that's where the friction comes to. It's like, no, you can't do this, man. You can't yeah. do this. Yeah, like, that's what we do. It's like, no, no, no. That's what everybody does. Like, They're, you're providing your and, patient and service. realistically, we should like anybody in the health profession should all be doing, you know, in overall the same stuff. And then you have your subspecialists everywhere, they're, right? There are tools for your toolbox. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. it's the, the, the patient's job to find the physician that is going to apply the appropriate tool. At the, right. at the appropriate amount of time, at the appropriate amount of frequency. Yep. And uh, it's like, no one should be fighting over tools right now. No, no, no. <laughs> or else you're a tool. I can make jokes too, Chad. Don't See? be a tool. Don't be a tool. <laughs> Don't be a tool. You <laughs> so tool. true. It's so true. Well, since we're talking about that, is there like any niches that you find yourself within the field that you're of chiropractic that you're in that you're like, you know, that you love, that's your passion, you know? So there the the chiro, the quote unquote chiropractic adjustment um is something that I have to that I've been thinking more on and I have to get back into like of just like the chiropractic manipulation mm. and what I mean by that isn't like like when I first started practicing there is a like a re, I mean the longer the longer you, you do a profession I mean you feel a body And you know exactly, you can do it on autopilot, right? But the chiropractic adjustment, what I mean is like sitting down, really feeling the patient, really feeling exactly what they've got going on, really sitting down and then manipulating those particular areas um, that are restricted um, with the right amount of force, with the right amount of what they call line of drive in the particular direction and just being more 
gentle, specific, and uh, more invested in that. All right. And then other types of modalities that have been um, valuable to my toolbox have been Obviously, we use the Graston tools. Yep. Yep. You, you guys use those too. Dude, you've been doing that before me. I, I remember when I came up and visited you when I was in Rhode Island, I was like, oh, I'm here. I might as well visit Jeff. And I walked into your, your other practice there. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you were like, dude, check out these tools that I just got. Yeah, that was yeah. like two years before I even started doing it. I was like, yeah. what are these things? Check these tools out. They that cost like five grand. Yeah, seriously. I know. I was like, yeah, I think I paid like 2700 bucks for them. And now they're like, you can get them for like $1,000. I know. Because they got to compete with all the other ones. <laughs> I know. And the other chiropractors coming out, like they don't, they, they have now actually like IAS or instrument assisted uh, soft tissue mobilization courses, not necessarily grasping. Oh, so they you. teach you the, yeah. that course. And That's then right. you can buy a $200 tool online. Yeah. You don't even have to pay the yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Oh, such a, such a, oh. I don't care if Graston hears this, but such a gimmick, man. Such a, like you can't you can't call it Graston unless you're using the Graston tool. You're Graston yep. certified and use the emollient. Well, <laughs> I guess we don't do Graston then. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we have the tools, but you know we uh, we have other tools too. So. Yeah, we do. We do. We have a lot. Yeah, of them. yeah. yeah you do. So yeah. the um, other types of the dry needling. Yep, that's great. The dry Super needling powerful. really is one of those things. So uh, I, some chiropractors will adjust through anything. Sure. They'll manipulate through anything. Uh, I'm the type of chiropractor that, like, I don't even want to risk putting too much rotational force on anything that's real hot, real mm -hmm. sensitive and inflamed. Yeah. So instead, right, so my philosophy with the chiropractic adjustment is that if you think of it, if each spinal joint is like a, a knee, right, say you strain your hamstring or something and that, that hammy gets tighter, you want to grasp in that hammy, you want to essentially, you want to do a bunch of therapies, ultrasound, something yep. like that. Yep. All you're doing is drawing more blood flow to it. And then you get nice on it or rest in it sure. and the blood flow gets away. All right. You draw more to it. So chiropractic adjustment does the same thing, but for deep, deep spinal tissue, right? If we mobilize those segments, the muscles that attach to L4 to L5, L5S1, like we're making change there. Yep. All right. So yep. what the needling does is the needling is a way to really just increase that inflammatory response right at that site, yeah. right? Which I found to have similar results as a, a good manipulation if i would just put that needle in there at the at this right spot so using spot. like dry needling as a substitute for manip joint manipulation in yeah so like, like if it. i've got someone with nice. a with a hot disc down at like l5 s1 yeah say on the left side and i don't want to put that person on side posture or anything because yep. one they might not be able to get there comfortably or i can't use a drop like side posture is that side manipulation mm -hmm. right Drop table is another tool, yeah, which is the sweet. table pops up and drops, yeah. right? Or the flexion distraction, which Y tractions yep. that segment. All of those are tools in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. And I can use all those, and I do use those on some patients, but I found that the needle inserting it right into that spot can sometimes get yeah. the deepest. That's awesome that you do that because, I mean, I don't know if there's any other chiropractor in the area that do that. Yeah. Right? I, not that I've heard I of. mean, that, I'm not, do you know? No, I, I don't. I, I wanted to take the course because... <laughs> I noticed it as being a tool that I was missing in my, like yeah. when, when we were totally. um, referring back and forth, oh, like, yeah. I, I was like, you sent me people back oh, with, yeah. the, with the conditions that you just need a, a visit. And I was like, yeah. oh man, this actually like, this got me over the hump yeah, in yeah. terms, now I can get back to the other tools in my toolbox. But this was something that exactly. really just got the ball moving. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's great too, because there's, there's been, you know, a handful of patients that I've interacted with that have asked about chiropractic and they were on the fence. They had never had it before. And they were like, I don't know. It seems like, like it seems aggressive. The manipulations mm -hmm. they've heard from other people, maybe someone else had a bad experience that they talked to and they were 
didn't want to try it because of the manipulations. And I'm like, it, it, it's not always, you just, you just go get, you know, no, it shouldn't have like to be whipped that and cracked, no. Right. Yeah. So some chiropractors do do that. I they know. Give I you know. A choice. Yeah, I know. And, and people are, some people are definitely deterred by that. So, yep. you know, the fact that you have, like you said, all the tools in the toolbox that you don't have to manipulate someone is fantastic. Yeah. We, we just always say, you know what? I mean, in our new patient, the new patient exam, we do that. We give them a folder at the end of the visit. I've got like a service sheet and I yep. check off the ways I treat them. And I say, you know what? The rest of the treatment styles we have here are in here as well, right? You come back in and you're not doing better. Then we look at some of these other treatment options. Yeah. Those are the other tools I'll use. So you can read all about them. And if we need to use them, we can. I think that's one thing that's great about, about you guys over there. It's like every patient knows not only what they got, they know what to expect mm -hmm. and they know what their plan of care is, yep. you know, and not everybody gets that answer. They're just like, Oh, they just told me to come back next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I, what I mean? I mean, you think about what, I mean, the chiropractic profession, everyone's face down. <clears throat> yeah. Right? They can't see you. That's right. I mean, there are some patients that, like, I make sure every single new patient, they lay down on the table. I'm like, okay, you're going to go face down the table. I mean, you're not going to see me. You're going to hear me moving around, right? Yeah. I'm going to grab maybe handle here. I'm going to grab my tools here. Sure. This is what we're going to use on you today. I show them everything. I go, if anything that we do doesn't feel comfortable to you, you tell me. Yeah. Right? Because there have been times that, I mean, even uh, getting adjusted on my own that I'm like, is this supposed to feel that way? Yeah, I right. guess it's supposed to because everyone else yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. saying anything. So it's supposed to. Okay. Yep. But yet it shouldn't. So right. yeah. I always make sure there's no wrong question. There's no bad question. Right. So if you feel like something shouldn't be feeling a certain way, you got to tell me. Yeah. And I think that's all like, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we like this podcast and just like kind of getting the information out there because there's so much, I mean, I don't think we do enough of the education and, and like if people are still having these notions that, oh man, you're only going to get manipulated if you go to chiropractic or you can only go to PT when you have surgery. Like it doesn't really help the profession. It doesn't help no. people, right? So yeah. um, I think that's the big push as to like why we're trying to get more information out there. And I know some people hear it, but they need to yeah. hear more, I mean, you know. Social media, right? <clears throat> Podcasts mm. like this, like you were saying, what is yep. the future of healthcare? Yep. I mean, really just professionals getting there brand out there totally. and their ed their patient education out there right like yep. so you're not just hopping on a website you're not seeing my photo from 10 years ago <laughs> you, you, you know, know, you, know you're not seeing the, yeah. the shit that i wrote there yeah, yeah. you know so yeah. you're seeing me you get to hear what i'm saying That's right. and maybe my approach is changing research sure. right so i think that all those things are valuable for um the future of healthcare mm -hmm. i mean chiropractors on tiktok <laughs> That's just crazy. And oh, I'm kind of about the lights, bro. I'm kind of bummed I that know. I missed the boat because I'd I probably be that able to close my practice now yeah. because <laughs> I make so much that money. It's freaking crazy. Yeah, I get just, it. There there are times like I, I'm like, man, maybe I should start doing this. <laughs> Even play around with it. Maybe maybe I'll side gig. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Oh man. It's true though. Some it's of that crazy. stuff looks wild. Some of that stuff looks wild. But it's you know what the Social media is a blessing and a curse. Like there's, there's, you know, people out there pumping some good stuff, but there's also people pumping out some real mm. bad stuff. And, yep. um, you know, it, it's, it can sometimes give the profession a bad name for sure. Like stuff like that on TikTok, like it's, we joke around about it, but like it's that stuff. Nobody does that stuff. I'm sorry. Like, like people will come into me asking <laughs> I'm sure for they that. Do. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And it's, it's a bummer because yeah, then I have to spend a, a portion of time yeah, educating that. the patient mm -hmm. that that's not the best thing for them. Totally. Right. Totally. And, and for, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, it's part of the future, right? Like we, when we went through school, you have your classes on how to evaluate research study, what makes a good study, what makes, you know, a poor study. What, so what's better information than this information? 
And now, unfortunately, these students need classes on that for social media. It's like, mm. what's a good post versus what's a bad yeah. post? Like, what is actual accurate information based on what we know from, you know, clinical experience and, and studies and what is not, you know, what is just, you know, the wild west out there. Yeah, it's crazy. So it, it is crazy. But like you said before, the, 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 you know, landscape of healthcare now includes this social media. We had a po- um, a podcast at the be- right at the beginning of the year talking about how self care is now more than ever so important with regard to your health journey, and we're involved in that, right? But people need to, and that's part of the reason we do this podcast is that we want people to know, like, hey, you don't just wait, like you don't have to just wait till you go see your your uh, your PCP next you know, with a concern, you can actually go sift through information yourself. And if you don't, you're overwhelmed by it. You can seek the help of someone like us to help guide you through that. But, you know, it, 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 it boils down to you first. Like you need to go, you know, do that, do that research, make decisions on your own at first, you know, not, not crazy ones that don't be manipulating yourself necessarily, yeah. but, you know, utilize all your resources, um, instead of just like sitting there playing the waiting game be like oh yeah i got this problem i just i called my doctor but they haven't called me back yet i'm just waiting right so there's plenty of information out there yes there's a lot of bad information too unfortunately but there is some really good information as well you know so take in as much information as you can use some critical thinking and if you're still overwhelmed then you you reach out to you know some some people for help yeah i I mean that's one of the Mm -hmm. like when i first started writing those articles on the on the website um which i'm going to revamp and i haven't written anything in a while but that the plan was was like all right if a patient's not getting better i haven't met them i i haven't met them at their place yet i haven't helped them help themselves sure right because thousand percent i mean even your your treatment mm-hmm. times longer than mine but still it's like they're in here what tops an hour yeah. maybe yeah it's tops. like you're yeah. outside in the freaking real world for however long. oh yeah yeah it's like the amount of work i do here it's important but yeah. What you're doing out there is going to oh, fuck yeah, your life more. up more than yeah. what I'm doing. So yeah, for sure. I have to help them help themselves. And oh, yeah. giving that information, having stuff like podcasts or articles or yeah. something like that provides that information in a safe place for them to go to. Like that, that was always the goal was to have a place where people could go, okay, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, I'm hearing that. All right, has Dr. Jeff written an article about that yet? Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I, I trust him, sure. right? So I'll read that. Okay, I get a good idea about what that what, yep. what the deal is with that. Very um, true. But there's just so much information out there. It can become difficult for patients, uh, people to sift through. Mm-hmm. I agree. And everyone's getting in in the health and wellness world know, these days. I know. For people listening, before. for people listening, if you don't know if you should trust Dr. Jeff, he just mentioned before that he could have basically closed his business because of be- becoming famous on TikTok <laughs> I for crazy manipulations, but he didn't because he really cares about you guys. He really cares about his patients, so he's not going to give you some crappy information, all right? I speak the truth. I yeah. know I couldn't live with myself. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he could do it because he's manipulated me many times. You can tell when somebody like has a good hold on yeah. you, and, and you can tell when somebody knows what they're doing, and I, I can feel it. So All I need is that water bottle under the table to crunch at the same time. <laughs> That's it. That's so, true. so he has the tools. He has many tools, and one of his, you know, some of his tools could be to become famous on TikTok. But he's not doing it. He's not doing it. He could win the lottery, but he's not yeah. winning the lottery. It's crazy. I just want to feed you guys the truth. Yes, I love That's it. it. Truth seeker. Love no, it. but you're right. It all goes. It all goes in, and it all. It really all does does help at the end of the day. But so let's let's talk a little bit more about about Newman Chiropractic. So it it seems like you know you've definitely made some changes. Um, what's your like? What's the future for Newman Chiropractic? 
You know, Man. I know it's a strong question. My my pipe dream. Yeah. Okay. What I would really love yeah. is like we had talked. Yeah, TikTok. <laughs> I really, I, I'm I'm big on, like I'm big on like you. I I have it the office pillars of health. Yeah. Right. So, food, movement, relaxation, sleep. Yeah. All of those pillars, right? All of those pillars end up impacting systemic inflammation levels. And systemic inflammation, I mean, if you've got an injury, right, like you're playing a sport, you're going to be more sore just from, I mean, lactic acid buildup or sure. trauma or something like that. Uh, if you're more inflamed, right? So all of those things end up impacting your inflammatory levels. And what I've always wanted to do is if, I mean, treating the patients ends up making the money and keeping the business afloat. But the the dream would be, to educate and teach people how to better their own personal lives in those four pillars, right? So have courses yeah. for patients to end up improving their health in those four pillars, right? And I, I, there have been times that I'm like, you know what? I'd love for patients to have an Apple Watch or some sort of device so that I can, if I'm all cash, yeah, I could give people percent discounts based off of how good they are doing each month in terms of the particular pillar of health that they are want to be their goal yeah right so you want your eight hours of sleep a night and you're sucking at sleeping guess what you get to come in on a regular basis and i get to help you teach you how to sleep better right you take that home and on top of it you get a discounted rate on what i do in the office in terms of treatment yeah i love it right but that's i mean it's it's very hard to make sure that you uh, can still make money and that is profitable right in mm -hmm. terms of all those things but i mean that's and when it comes to health and wellness, that's one of the harder things with everything that's out there right now is like, yeah, the good information is out there, but you can't do it for free. No, nope. no. Nope. Right? right. Especially when I got kids and family and all yeah. that. So like yeah. in order for me to sacrifice time with my kids and family, that means that there's got to be some finance, some sort of financial compensation. Totally. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think that it's getting better with people understanding the value of the service that like you and, and everyone in the community is providing, but like, it's, it's, um, how do they know? Right. Like yeah. this is, this is why we do this because people need to understand where they're going to get the most value. Like if you're going to go down the road and pay 30 bucks or you're going to go down the road over here and pay twice as much, well, it's probably twice as much for a reason, you know? Um, and Sometimes people have to experience it to actually know. And then, but um, I totally agree with you, man. Yeah. I mean, I, you see a lot of these tech uh, tech companies getting into healthcare or yeah. at least monitoring healthcare. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't want to become addicted to looking at this stuff and having it right. become a, a complex. But I mean, when they know your blood pressure or when your blood pressure is accessible, your weight yeah. uh, modifications are accessible, blood glucose accessible, all these things are accessible. Then, I mean, insurance companies we've already talked oh, are yeah. they're, they're in trouble, yep. right? So what's the next logical step? Bring some of those metrics in in order to influence the premiums or the uh, uh, and mm -hmm. any sort of the cost sharing, right? Pr yep. Premium deductible uh, uh, provider uh, reimbursement, all that type of stuff. But I think that's the future of health. And that's really where I'm looking at yep. long term of really trying to pivot into. Yeah, I mean... Insurance companies don't make it easy and uh, it gets worse and worse every year. And you're going to, everybody that's listening to this, you're going to start seeing a switch with, with a lot of providers that maybe they're not taking your insurance anymore, or they're only taking some insurances. And that's, you know, don't, 
don't take it personally on the provider because it's not the provider. It's the insurance companies that are doing this. And they're yeah. unfortunately, they're they're making us do this. And we can't provide the service that we need for our patients by, you know, being, you know, pigeon-held with these insurance regulations. When you're hopping on Apple News every day and there's articles and articles about hospitals, right? Yeah. Then that means that the more articles you see on there means that there's money being taken from somewhere. And it's either going to be oh, yeah. your premiums, it's going to be reduced pay by the... Uh, from the provider, or it's, they're going to start switching instead of co-pays to uh, deductible co-insurance, all that type of stuff. So, yep. it's tough time yep. ahead. I'm glad that you guys made that switch early. <laughs> man. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, we've talked about that many times on the podcast, but like we, we don't regret it. I mean, we hate that we can't help everybody that can't take advantage of of the model that we've created, but um, we're happy that we can help those that that are here and and we and not only enjoy our job more but like you said jeff it's uh you know this is how allowed us to not have to see as many patients at one time so we can spend the time but we can take the time and spend time with our families too which is the most important part i mean we're humans too yeah i mean <laughs> you're a you're chiropractor a, but you're still a human yeah. you know <laughs> you're doing a good job spending time with your <laughs> yeah, family I know. when you first started man oh, you were dude. working way too much way right? too much man dude jeff jeff would be on me and i'm like jeff, <laughs> i know i get it man i don't know what to do though and he's like it's simple and i'm like you know what it took me about five years to realize how simple it was um but I'm, i don't regret it and i wish i did it sooner that's my only regret actually yeah you well, know. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, going back though to you saying wish, like us wishing, wishing we could help more people. That's part of the reason we did this podcast too. That's it's true because we that's wanted true. to reach the people that you know maybe couldn't afford it or wanted to come in, and right now it's not the right time for them. So we just we could have been out of here today at 10 a.m. Everybody, <laughs> but we're we're still here at 105. <laughs> we're recording this podcast, so we're here for you. Yeah. We're trying to give you some some uh you know some benefit through through this way, and this is another form of digestible you know health information that you can take in and 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 learn from hopefully well yeah. uh, too with i mean the 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 um out-of-pocket model i mean and you providing free content mm-hmm. as well yep. is key right because yep. just like with kids like they got to have skin in the game in order to learn anything and some patients it's it's difficult because of the way that you grew up or the type of personality that you have sure you don't have the value of that care figured out, right? And there has to become a moment where the patient actually sees the value in it and is ready. Because right. they're not, we can't, we've already done 150 years of medical providers fixing people and they all are still sick, yeah. right? We've got the most chronic diseases ever, right? And we had an entire nation based off of uh, providers are going to fix me yep. you know my grandparents yep. they're oh i gotta go to the doctor they're going to fix me no fix yourself <laughs> that's and it. you need to have a network that's of it. people around you yes to help you understand how to fix yourself that's right. right you need to delegate those questions appropriately and you will fix yourself right and that, i mean i had a patient in the other day and treating her she ends up going to her primary care I'm great. I'm like, tell her what we're, what we're doing. I send my notes over and the patient comes back. She's like, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. The primary care said, yeah, I probably would have gotten better on its own. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, all right, cool. But the honest truth. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would have gotten better yeah, on its own. Yeah. But you needed that help, that guidance. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if you came in and I talked to you over the phone and told you how to sit or how to not move or like, I always tell my patients every single injury is like a scab. 
Yeah. It's like my kids and every single day they're picking it off. <laughs> it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. <laughs> All right. So we got to teach you how to not pick at that scab. That's you right. got to hop back. We got to teach you how to not pick at it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's every injury is a learning experience without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. But you are, people, you are your own, your, your primary care provider. You, that's you, right? Mm-hmm. You have a PCP, but you are your primary care provider. And then the doctors, the chiropractors, the physical therapists, they're, they're the adjunct after that. You, mm-hmm. you come first. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We just got to advocate better for ourselves and, you know, cause the, unfortunately the health profession isn't doing it for us. So we, we have to take, we have to take ownership. I'd say that. so far, I'd say this area is doing a good job. I would say. We've got a lot of good providers in yep. the area that are willing to put that work in and educate yep. patients. I yeah. agree. For in sure. the right way. I agree. Right. A thousand percent, man. We, we do have a pretty amazing community for sure. Cool, man. Well. Um, is there anything else you want to say, Jeff? Is there anything else that you want to add? No. Did I really dabble enough into the chiropractic profession as a whole? I know I'm the chiropractor. Have there been I, other chiropractors on here? You're the first one. Not really? yet. Okay. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Do you have any ideas to the listeners? Like what, what type of listeners you have? Are they are they PTs as well? Are they patients? We get some it's professionals. Some, yeah. And, but I would say that. Good amount of patients. Yep. The majority, about 65% of our following comes right in this area here. Oh, so, it does? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. It's, it's hard to tell what they all do, but I would say that most of them are probably patients or, you know, previous patients. Yeah. Yeah. I just say like, yeah. if you're looking for a chiropractor, just, I mean, you can tell a lot about the chiropractor based off of their website yeah. and like the way that they set it up, type of uh, terminology that they use. Um, and you just want to know that someone is willing to work with you as opposed to tell you what they're going to do. Absolutely. Right. And I mean, I, I obviously highly recommend Jeff and, um, you know, I've known him for years, but I also know that he's going to do the right thing for the patient. It's not, you know, what it, what everybody perceives chiropractic to be. It's, it's a totally different model. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to like learn a little bit more about you, Jeff, how can they find you? Whether it's like social or whether Dr. it's Jeff like your Newman. website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's your TikTok? For everybody to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually just changed everything recently to Newman Cairo MA. Oh, cool. Right. Nice. Uh, so at Newman Cairo MA yep. redirects everything. Like my website, Newman Cairo MA redirects to the, the website. Yeah. And that's the domain and cool. the socials, um, the social addresses um, that we're going, we're going to use going forward. Nice. Because, Perfect. I mean, yeah, in, in, I, I want to be able to step away more from the office in the mm-hmm. long run. And yep. Dr. there's only one Dr. Jeff Newman. <laughs> it's true. This is true. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. This is true. Cool, man. Well, I mean, we're happy that we got you on the yeah, show. Yeah, I man. really appreciate it, guys. I, I love it. I'm glad that you were able to make it. And um, we've got another episode coming out next week. We do. We do. We got another guest coming on. Yep. We have Erin um, Murray. She is a nutrition expert. So she'll be joining us. And she's actually in conjunction with that, going to do a workshop at the clinic, uh, talking about this concept of reframing nutrition. So, you know, just, just more based around nutrition and food behavior and, and our current food culture and all that kind of stuff, because that's, if we can change, just like most other things, if you change the environment and what's causing the underlying problem, you know, that's, that's going to be the best option as opposed to just slapping band-aids on stuff. So she's going to talk about that kind of concept as it relates to nutrition and diet. So we'll have her on the podcast. We've got some good questions for that her. That type of stuff's big now too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's huge. That's going to be a good podcast because yeah, yeah. now there's a lot more conversation happening about like cuisines, mm, right? Yeah, about how, sure. nif- I mean, you think back, I mean, there was a, 
person that was cooking food and creating food and right. they passed down those habits they passed down those techniques of what like hey you don't cook that thing that gives me <laughs> diarrhea you know <laughs> yeah. so those are the For types sure. of things that people are looking absolutely. at now. and it's absolutely. the whole food we, we are That's finally right. going away from breaking down the food into the vitamins and minerals yeah. and kind of going back to yep. the whole food i'm excited yeah, yeah absolutely really cool yeah she's also a research assistant at uh harvard um so that she is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the Super studies smart. that are out there. Yeah. So it, in terms of she, she could probably cite studies better than myself. I don't really cite them like that. I, I, I find them before I do a lot of prep work for this podcast, everybody. Okay. It's not, this is not, this is no joke. This is like a second job for me. It's Chad true. actually pays me extra for this. It's true. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We, no, it's true. I don't no, pay him any extra yeah, for this. No, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm actually really tired and stressed. Um, but anyway, she's a research assistant. So she's got a lot of, uh, up to date research. So hopefully we'll get into some of that stuff too, but we got some good questions. We, we may or may not dig into the plant versus animals type stuff. I don't know yet. We'll see, but yeah, stay tuned for that one. It'll be fun. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, this is your first podcast that you've been on for us. So, um, I always do a moral of the story at the end. That's like my thing. So, I like um, that. yeah, yeah. So the moral of my story is, uh, life is full of circles. Uh, we have many acquaintances here at Proform, but. We have a small circle of friends. Uh, one of these friends just happens to be Dr. Jeff Newman. Over your journey, you might find that your circle decreases, but it will increase itself in value. Alone, we can do so little, but together with our community, we can do so much more. Boom. Thank you for joining us in the rack this week. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can also find us online at proformptma.com or on social media at proformptma. And remember, if you train inside the rack, you better be thinking outside the rack.